Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. All right. Oh, we're live. We're live. (laughs) You didn't think we were going live? You're you didn't say. What did you think I was doing? Oh. All right. What is up, everybody? We are in um, a slightly makeshift setup here. All right. You have something to kick us off um, with? I do. And my Let's wife has thing. a little shoddy on my laptop. So yeah. hopefully um, I can get real. Um, in fact, I might have to read off your phone. But anyway, okay. I've got. Is anyone slacking questions today? No. Okay, so we're on our own. Seven in the morning for everyone in the US. So it is uh, 3 p.m. here. Thank you guys for joining us. Indeed. And share this if it's bringing value. Indeed. And we are here for your sister. Are we allowed to say, like, why we're here? Yeah, I mean. So her 40th birthday, (laughs) which when we were young was like, you died at 30. Like, there was nothing else. So it's pretty interesting. And we're in the bedroom that I grew up in. Yes. This is my bedroom. And I would show you, but she would have a seizure uh, and so we were, yeah, we're up against a red wall because she did not want to see the it bedroom. Was, yeah. This is the room, by the way, that I used to be in where I would oh, lay in bed for three hours. Except it wasn't red walls. It was not red walls. But yeah, this is the room where you yeah. would, for the, three hours. The infamous room. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, so we're answering questions live. So if you have any questions, put them in the comment box and we'll read them out. Yeah. Um, Let's do mm-hmm. it. If my Wi-Fi is working, okay. Relationship Theory is the the best show I never thought I'd be interested in. Laugh out loud. Impact Theory is incredible. Nice. Thank you, Sean. Very cool having you guys. Love the red walls. Yes, Um, no shortage of those today. All right, so let's answer the first question. And then, yeah, guys, if you've got questions, submit them. Fire away. Um, All right, so this comes from Facebook from Ava Michelson. I've never been a jealous person, but for some reason, I'm so jealous with my boyfriend. He has never given me any reason at all to feel this way ever, but I'm very insecure about it. It's also the first time I've ever been in a long distance relationship and I feel like that's adding to it. We've been together for four Mm. months. I don't want to feel this way, but I don't know how to stop it. Wow, that's interesting. So one thing I was thinking about, uh, this was like yesterday, this was just on my mind, is... I really do often make decisions about like whether I should be jealous and think whether it's a good strategy or not. And a lot of times emotionally, I get it. You get caught up in the negative emotion and you want to give in and the emotion feels very real and all of the, but at the end of the day, when you really start to reflect on whether or not it, it serves you, that has helped me tremendously. Like understanding that I don't need to believe my emotions understanding what my brain is doing, that you have this tri-formed brain, that at its very core, there's the lizard brain and all of the sort of fight, flight, freeze response. Then you've got the mammalian brain, which is, I'd be really curious to know how much that plays into like the territorial and this is mine. And, And then you have the neocortex, which sits on top of all of it. And just understanding that like, this isn't the ultimate design, that it was like, this layered approach to trying to have these, or not trying, having these huge huge advancements in capability by layering these on top of each other, but that they all speak in these different voices. So 
recognizing that something may cough up from the lizard brain or from the mammalian brain, but it actually doesn't serve me. And so, so the neocortex is your ability to do what they call higher level cognition, your executive function. So being able to process through, does this make sense or not? So even though I'm feeling it, like I have that same, um, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's insecurity, maybe it's jealousy, the all of that. The stomachs, the anger. Yeah, I mean, that's very specific to one thing, but like, I'm not a jealous person, but that doesn't mean that I started this way. It just means that it was literally me looking back and going, okay, because when we first got together, I actually was really jealous. And I was so obsessed with like the guys you dated in the past. And then it was like, does that make sense? Is that making our relationship better? Is that helping us enjoy what we have now? So thinking, thinking through it, it just didn't make sense. It didn't serve the relationship. Mm -hmm. And because it didn't serve the relationship, somehow that let me off the hook. I didn't need to listen to that emotion because it wasn't helpful. And I think there is something buried deep in our programming that goes, this jealousy is protecting me from something. And so I should like really feed into this, give into it, really think about like what it is and how I can respond to that in a useful way. And once I realized there is no useful side to this, that I just let it go. <clears throat> so you're in the moment, something happens, you get jealous, you feel that like emotion, whatever, however you feel it in your stomach or um, in that very moment, what do you do? I literally <clears throat> in that moment ask myself, is this serving me? And in fact, it's more than that because some of it is the code, right? So some of it is, I really believe at the core of my essence to make you feel special, to make sure you know that you're my number one, to make sure you feel good about yourself, that being, in fact, even being jealous of you having had other serious relationships or whatever, like that's not gonna make you feel good. You're gonna start to feel bad that, oh my God, because I had this, I'm actually damaging my current relationship. And even though part of you knows that's really dumb, like I couldn't have forecast my future, when I was with them, they felt real. And I thought, okay, well maybe this is gonna be my forever relationship. And you wanna make it work and you invest in all of that. And being able to, to say, doesn't that make sense? Like why would you, you can't hold out thinking, oh, maybe someday, somewhere, like this is gonna be better. And so you plan for this potential eventuality. It, it wouldn't make sense, right? Now is the only thing that you have. So for you to be in the moment in a relationship and invest in that relationship, that's what I would want. Right. Like just as I want hmm. you to invest in this relationship now, I would, of course, it is only logical for you to be investing in those relationships. So now if I punish you for that, knowing that in that moment, mm -hmm. it would have, it is the right behavior to invest in and treat that person with respect and want to go deep and connect and all of that. So now why would I beat you up for that mm -hmm. in this relationship, which is something you can't ever take back. So to punish you emotionally with distance or insecurity on my part or aggression from jealousy is to make you not feel good about who you are and all the past experiences that made you you. Whereas when Which I, isn't giving you what you want in them being invested in our relationship. Right. And just going to, I want you to feel good about who you are. Like warts and all, right? So my whole thing that I've thought through, and maybe this is weird, Do but like, would, how would you feel if you were burned, right? Like horrifically scarred. Right. And that I would need to go through a process of falling in love with the way that you, like really on an emotional level, mm -hmm. I would need to fall in love with the, the way that you looked and all of that so that you could feel emanating off of me that you were still somebody who was beautiful and desirable and all of that, right? To help you through that. So finding a way to also for me to fall in love with what the other relationships that you've had and to see them as positive things that have helped make you you, then that's gonna make you feel better, not only about who you are now, but everything that you've been through in past relationships. So, but literally that all triggers from, I feel jealous. Right. But it triggers like that uncomfortable feeling becomes the mechanism by which I remember to go through, am I making her feel special? Am I making her feel like my number one? Am I making her feel good about herself? Am I living by my code? What should a significant other be? And now how do I connect with that, not on some bullshit intellectual level, but how do I connect with that on a deeper limbic emotional level? Well, there it is. All right.
And that is, is the the process that I'm going through. All right. So let's take a look. Hopefully, I'm getting some questions well, in. Listen, what's the one that the most re- Nicole Elias student has joined? There's one right above that. Do you see? Um, how do I stay open-minded? See, he does it once on the live 24 hours and now... What? The questions. Oh, so you're going to pick. Because on the, on the live... Oh, if you want. Do you want to... No, no, no. I can just oh, see oh. one that's sitting up and it looks What did you say, though, about doing the, the asking the questions on relationship theory? What did I say about asking? Yeah, like, because normally I look... Mm. And read the questions, but because you had the questions. Well, in front of me. so well during the live because I had to so be in the habit of reading everything that was on the screen that I just got in the rhythm. Yeah. But the the big thing that there is a sense of blindness when you can't see like what's and you going do like on. That, or you don't like deeply that. Deeply uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. I mean, so, do you want to show no, no, if there's a all. question? It, it would be much better because you can break eye contact with me and like plan out the next question. So yeah. I think that's right. way better. And this is, by the way, how we deal with our real life as well. Like, we overlap. We figure out what's the yeah. better system. It's interesting. We one thing. Can I just give us a little bit of props here for a second? <laughs> one thing we've been really good about from the jump on this show is this is how we are. Yeah. Someone actually just said that. Like, you guys are really real. And I was like, to be honest, I don't know if I. If we had different. planned it, maybe we would have been more calculating and done like. I'm really and, bad at lying or just yeah. not even we lying. We didn't but. intentionally be real. We just are so bad at any other strategy <clears throat> that uh, it's come out this I'm way. trying to find the one that, is it this one? Oh, I don't know. Okay. I can only see the bottom. All just right. just go with one that... Like, All right, so this question comes from Leah Marshall. The last guy I dated was crazy, witty, and smart. His mind was such a turn-on, and he could make me laugh like no one else. Things ended about two months ago. Any mm-hmm. tips for remaining open as I date new men and the tension between upholding my standards for someone wonderful who pushes my mind versus not comparing the men I'm dating to the previous guy, which makes me want to rule them out quickly when you're not immediately rocking my world conversationally? So the one thing that I've, we very open with each other, as you guys know, and the one thing that we've spoken about, if God forbid something happened to him and he died, like, what would I do and vice versa? It's like, would you get married? Would I get married? Like, what do we think would happen? And I would say like, wow, it would be really hard shoes to fill if something happened to you. Because yeah, there would be a certain level of what I'm looking for that I've gotten from you that I really feel is important that I need from someone else so Mm. let's take um i don't care about money or anything like that but i would want to feel protected so it doesn't necessarily have to mean that i have to date someone who's big and really muscly it's just i would want to connect with somebody who wants to protect me whether it's like even when they're cuddling me but that's just an emotion or a i guess a dynamic between us was like i'd want to take care of them and i'd want them to protect me so the certain elements I would want in another partner that I know if a guy was like, someone's breaking in and he's like, all right, Lisa, you go take care of it. Like, that's not the relationship I want to be in. Right. So I do have my, like, I guess, little rules. But at the same time, I know it would be very, very dangerous to but compare now answer, them to you. But now answer the really hard question okay. of, the, like, you now have a matrix of personality traits. Right, so she's talking about he was smart, he was right. really witty. Right. So like, right. okay, now where like where do they settle? Mm-hmm. So for instance, so you meet a guy, lovely, funny, makes you laugh, burly, re- like way more protective than I could ever right. hope to be. And I do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. New okay. guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> he's not as ambitious. He's right. not as successful. Right. Like in fact, straight lives with mom and dad. Yeah. So so I would write a list in my sober moments before I go on dates really? and have I would write, actually write it Yeah, down. I would. Of all the things that are important in my life, mm-hmm. all the things that you gave me as a partner that I loved and order of priority. So it's like where does the order of priority lie with feeling protected versus um, you being ambitious? Where does it lie in you being um, big and burly and physically protecting me versus, oh, you've got a really good career and you're financially stable? Like all these things I would literally put on my list of what order of priority and then probably 
on dates assess which ones they have and then which ones I'm drawn to because if they were I mean you could be ambitious protective funny but I don't feel that sexual spark well right yeah because I'm gonna call total bullshit on basically everything you just said I just said relationships over yeah I think you're gonna create your list though right and I think it is gonna be 100% neurochemical when you see them like but I will but I would tell myself you can't judge it by these first dates because I know the brain really? the brain's playing tricks on you in the first few dates so For wait because sure. you, you know you might feel a sexual attraction but not anything right. lasting well depending on what I'm looking for I'm looking for a real in like in-depth relationship um i think that you absolutely need that sexual attraction but you will also need those other elements that i've just listed that may be important to me so for instance this um leah says um i last dated a guy that i was create that was crazy witty and smart his mind was such a turn on and he could make me laugh like no one else um and then at the end she says when um how do I say Which makes open? me want to rule them out quickly, yeah, when yeah. they're not immediately rocking my world conversationally. So is it that you really want to rock your world conversationally? Or is it that you just want something, someone that's funny? Or do you want someone that's smart because they're going to be ambitious or because they're going to bring in money to protect you? Like, almost breaking, breaking those little things down even more. It's interesting. I, I think that it's way more... Um gut level now those gut levels are trained by some of the things that you can or immediate well, so she's saying how do i stay open and i don't think you ever get to a relationship unless there's mm. something that draws you in so you may assess down the road but she's saying specifically like how do i get past that early phase right so my thing is my my gut instinct is that that's all going to be driven on a gut instinct level. And so putting myself in her shoes, one, how do you stay open? I think there are mechanical things that you can do. And this may be what you were getting at is say anybody that like I don't rule out on the first date, I'm going to go on three dates, right? I'm going to give them time to like relax because I think about this when I'm like doing a job interview. So just like a first date is the world's worst environment to actually get to know somebody because most people, they clam up. There's so much anxiety around it. You're so, trying to impress someone. You're yeah, trying to give them what you think they want. For sure. So you're not going to see the real them, mm -hmm. right? So how do I create an environment? And I think there's a certain level of like, You've got to spend time together. So if there was like, I would have some sort of gut reaction criteria. Like if I don't immediately say, I don't want to spend any more time with you. Like I'm open. I would broaden like where, where are those limits? And I would invest the time to see if like we could connect over multiple dates to see if there's anything there. Now that's me like trying to put myself in her position and be open. The truth to what I would do is I don't value being in a relationship over being single. So I would, oh, I'm single for the next 10 years? Like that wouldn't bother me. So at that stage, like I would say, being in a relationship is so much sacrifice. Like if you're not responding to somebody, mm. then I would just move on. But that's me, like that. I totally understand that for most people, being alone is very, very difficult. Um, so yeah, but I definitely would not prioritize just being with somebody, so. Yeah. But some people, they really want that in their no lives. Question. So no I question. think it and really so is. And so the mechanical thing of how do you stay open, give it multiple dates. Yeah. And also comparing, because I think that there can be th certain things in new people that you wouldn't have thought, like, oh, this is a trait I actually really like. Um, until you really are with them and you experience it. And like, I didn't realize I was ever dating guys that weren't chivalrous until I met you and you opened the car door on the first mm. date. I was like, what? Like he opened the car door. Like I was so gobsmacked and it was so romantic to me because no guy had ever opened the car door for me before. All right, so next question is from um, Con Artist. It's quite the name. That's actually the name. What's up, Con? Um, do you ever feel proud that your partner is admired? Oh, yeah, I mean, definitively. So I guess you can take it from two types of context. One, admired as in like social media admired, or two, you're out and about and girls are cracking onto you mm. or admiring you from afar in that sense. Um, but to, to be honest, yes, I like it both ways. Yeah, for sure, um, social proof. I think that generally, like if you're talking about jealousy and things like that, so many people um, 
I don't know, like they're so afraid of losing something or I'm not quite sure why people get jealous. It's insecurity, I think, of themselves. Um, 100%. But for us, I remember when we first started dating, like on our one of our very first dates, you turned around and you're like, of course other guys are going to find you attractive. And of course you're going to think someone like Brad Pitt is hot. Like, why do you have, like, it's not like just because we're together and just because we're in a relationship and we feel something for each other that that's ever something that's just going to go away because you've got a wedding ring. So don't, pre- don't pretend it's just gone away. Like, it's inevitable. And I remember you saying that and I was like, it gave me such like, ah. Because I remember my ex-boyfriend used to get jealous if I said, oh, so-and-so was hot because it was a threat to him. Mm. You know, like, oh my God, Brad Pitt's so sexy. And we would literally get in arguments for hours because I said Brad Pitt was sexy. And it's like, that's crazy. But for you, you're just like, no, it's like you said, it's validation. It's the fact that, um, or at least this is how I now see it with you, is that there's a world of women, a world of women that are more attractive than I am, that are smarter than I am, that are more driven than I am, that are more um, uh, nurturing than I am. Did you say more driven? I'm sure, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. Oh, sure. But, but it doesn't make it... But you still choose me, right? I'm only going to get older. So now if I'm really insecure that, oh my God, I have to be the most attractive person to you out of all the women in the world, you can mm. only find me attractive. Well, in 10, 20 years, forget it. Like, I'm dust. And then that's where I, like, start getting obsessive and look into Botox because of plastic surgery and stuff like that because I feel insecure about myself, feeling like, oh God, I have to stay young to look good for you. But we've spoken about it and not feeling like that is the pressure because the truth is I'm never going to be the most beautiful woman in the world and I'm never going to be the smartest. So we have to be secure with each other on the things that we do love and are drawn to that make up our love for each other versus worry that you're going to find another woman attractive or other women are going to admire you so you're going to leave me for it yeah so insanely valid points the question was like do you ever feel proud that someone admires you um and my answer to that is definitively i mean it's just a psychological principle right yes so it's a psychological principle um that the like easiest way to get somebody to not have buyer's remorse is to hype up the product after they've purchased it. What do you mean by that? So, well, so buyer's remorse is you buy a car, whatever, and then once that adrenaline of making the purchase and everything is over, you have way more sober eyes. And And you're saying that as a reflect, is it the same in a relationship? Yeah, 100%. So the fastest way to make somebody like glom on to the person that they've chosen would be to have other people find them attractive. And I mean, like, yeah, we could really derail on like, if I had a gun to my head and I had to make somebody really hardcore about somebody else, I would try to make that person jealous by having other people. So let's say it was you and me and somebody had to make sure that I fell for you, have other guys come up to you and just, oh my God, you're so attractive and you're so witty or like have somebody be like, oh my God, I watch your show, Sherlock. It is unbelievable. You've changed my life. I'm going to be over here like, who is this chick? Right. So I'm going to be way more intrigued because I'm reading how other people respond to you. Now, people can say, oh, I'm above that, whatever. Horseshit. Like these are just psychological principles. Like unless you somehow don't have the neurological wiring of every other human on the fucking planet, like you're going to respond to that. So definitively, it's just that most people are also going to experience jealousy. So why is she getting the attention? Why are people so interested in her? Like, who am I? Right. So there is it is a very mixed and weird bag. Mm. Um, But for instance, if people were coming up to me and saying, oh, my God, your wife is amazing. She's so hot. Then it's like, oh, cool. It's about me. And that's where I think most people find that sense of pride. Now, as you mature, hopefully you're able to recognize it as this woman whom I love and want nothing but good things for, and I want her to be able to shine, like, is able to have that, and I'm so happy for her. Right. And that's sort of where you hope this evolves to, but it's definitely not where most people start. But I think that people are very much um, prideful when somebody says that their significant other is essentially a reflection of them, and that that person is amazing. Mm. And this is how parents get fucked, because they are so invested in their kids as a reflection of them that it becomes very problematic. But the same is true of a significant other. Hmm. They become a reflection of you. 
And that's why so often people go for somebody that's like their arm candy, right? They make you look good because they're so successful. They're so beautiful, right? And being able to sexual market value, mm -hmm. like the fact that you're with that person, it's like, whoa, like how did you land that person there? So fill in the blank. Right. Speaking of that, not to derail too much, um, but I always found it interesting that, that people um, judge women of, um, oh, she's just going after him for his money. Mm -hmm. um, and that's always seen as such a negative thing, right? Oh, she's just with him for his money. But why do you think the guy is with her, right? It's the arm candy. And I always found that fascinating because I thought, well, if you're in a relationship and one guy, like that's what he um, prides himself on, arm candy, having a young, hot woman. And if the woman is in that same relationship for the exact reason of he's my arm candy because I'm with someone that's successful that can financially take care of me, I don't know why people get so upset and annoyed with that if there's an even exchange. I don't know that people are getting annoyed. It's just people like to be judgmental. They like to be gossipy. It is like a, a fact of human nature. It's something to talk about. Yeah. So it is ridiculous. You're right about that. Mm. Like it's an exchange, right? It's sexual market value. If so. she wants his money and he wants her beauty, like who uh, am I, I to judge? I weep for them. So sure, because sure, but who am I to judge, right? If that's what they're looking for in that relationship and that's what actually yeah. makes them happy, 100%. then why why do we have to? judge them or why do you have to weep for them do you want if, the honest answer yeah. it's fun what's fun the humans transmit information about the tribe through gossip so gossip has been chemically incentivized but you said you weep for them why do you weep for them well i weep for them because of what the relationship could be like you right. could be in a relationship right, where that person right. makes you feel alive and let me tell you that's way more interesting than the money right. like super random fucking example but yesterday um where did I see you? And I wasn't expecting to see you. In the bedroom. Yeah, that's right. Like, I had come upstairs for something. I don't even remember why. And I think I was, I was getting ready clothed, for bed. I was fully clothed, by the way. I was yeah. just, like, packing my stuff. I, I literally came up to get ready for bed. And I come in, and I wasn't expecting you to be there. I thought you were going to be down because we had company over. And I was just excited to see you. Like, oh, my God, I didn't expect <laughs> to see you upstairs, right? So that feeling to me And is, just so you guys know, he actually came in. and was like, baby, I didn't expect to see you. And you came and gave me, yeah. like, a hug and a kiss. Like, but that's where a relationship can go. Right, it can right. get to the point where sure. almost 20 years in, the fact that they're in a part of the house you weren't expecting to see them is exciting. So versus something more, not materialistic, whether it's right, just right. beauty or whether it's money or whatever. But I also get that that's the relationship you couldn't have. I, I couldn't have that type of relationship right. either. I used to but have I nightmares just think about if, being in a loveless marriage. But again, kind of going back for judgment, if that's what someone really wants and that's what they prioritize, then... Doesn't impact me. Right. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high-quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off, and that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. 
Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. Um, all right, so we've got some more questions coming in. Sorry about the break, guys, but yeah, if you guys have uh, questions, please submit them in the comment box. Um, all right, so this question is from Lionella Torridine. My partner has lots of hobbies that I am not particularly interested. I really respect his time and happy when he does what he likes. However, he's not very respectful to I, towards my hobbies and time. I'm sure I've allowed this to happen. How do I revert that? I would like him to be respectful just as I am. What should my tactic in the com- be in the conversation? Thank you. You want me to take yeah. that one? So as with anything, the right answer is over communication. So letting them know... Um, and ideally don't lead with the attack, right? So like, I'm really respectful of your time and you're not respectful of mine. They're gonna feel judged, they're gonna feel sort of backed into a corner. So you want to um, make sure that you're finding a way that doesn't feel judgmental to him to bring up that that would be really meaningful to you. So this is where rewarding somebody for that behavior is gonna go a long way. So the first thing you would do is you would tell them. So it would be really meaningful to me if you X, Y, Z, like whether you want him, I don't know what your hobbies are, but Let's say that your hobby is scuba diving. I have no idea why that came to mind. Uh, and you do underwater photography and just saying like, it would be really, really meaningful to me if we could share like the photos that I bring back, I'm super excited by. And if you would sit with me and look at them, like that would really be fun for me. And I think you'll learn a lot about that person in that moment because um, if they're like, well, that sounds stupid, I don't like underwater photography, like that's just disrespectful to the relationship. Now, I'm not gonna just break up with them at that moment, but I would definitely let them know like, hey, that's how this makes me feel. Mm. And that's something that you and I have used as a tactic versus saying your behavior is objectively bad. Right. You just say, look, I totally get it. I just want you to know how that makes me feel. It makes me feel alone. Like I've taken these photos. They're really meaningful to me. I love sharing things with you that like are exciting for me and I would love it. Like, you know, we don't have to drag it out. I get it. But like if we could set aside even 30 minutes just to like go through and I'll pick the highlights, you know what I mean? And we'll go through and and we'll get a chance to share that. And I feel Mm -hmm. like you'll understand better what I'm doing when I'm doing the underwater photography. That'd just be really, really cool. And then when they do it, and this is where everyone fucks up, when you say, I'm gonna set aside 30 minutes for that, and they do it, and the first time, first of all, let's say that they're grumpy about it, right? And they aren't just like, oh my God, this is amazing, and I can't believe you're sharing your underwater photography with me. Instead, it's gonna be, they show up, 
And that's as much as you could say for them. Now, in that moment, you have two options. You can be like, dude, I can't believe like that. Yeah, sure. You showed up, but like you're not being enthusiastic. Then that person is like, Jesus, like, what do I have to do? I showed up. I'm looking at the photography as you asked me to do. Option two is when they show up, even though they're not really engaging and they're not like showing the level of enthusiasm that you want in that moment, if you are then doing something that would be meaningful to them. So let's just say you made me this morning. So she left early. She went to central London. She had a meeting. Um, I woke up to a dog barking. We can start with that. But then when I went downstairs, I had chocolate and macadamia nuts waiting for me, which like I absolutely love, but I hate making it such a pain in the ass. And so you'd made it for me. Yeah. Sugar-free keto. Sorry. I should say that quest keto melted. You put macadamia. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, keto friendly for anybody out there. Um, and I was just like, oh my God, that's so thoughtful. And I was over the moon. So imagine you're doing this photography for this person. They don't, they're not really bothered, but when they show up to sit with you, you've made them something like that. Like, yes, you shouldn't have to do that. But like that other person is going to feel so like, whoa, thank you. Like, this is so sweet. And now it becomes chemically a really positive experience for them. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it, if you're like giving them kisses on the neck and you're like, thank you so much. Like it really meant the world to me. Now, remember, this is a guy that was not being enthusiastic, was being a little bit grumpy about it, but you're still rewarding them and making them feel good. And then a few sessions in, like they're not even thinking about it, but subconsciously, this has really become a positive experience for them. So I can't encourage that enough. Yeah. And I know that we've told this story before, but that's exactly what you did with um, playing video games. Yeah. It was you really wanted to play video games. Um, he wanted to play with me, and you had asked me, babe, would you just give it a shot? And you are so sweet, and you said it, it would really be meaningful. Even if you hate it, it'd be really meaningful to me if you did it. So he's already established what it means to him. So there's no code words. There's no, like, testing the waters. It's... This is what it means to me. Cool. Okay, I've heard you. So I went, all right, I really don't want to play video games, but I'll go into it. He's made it clear. And you know what? I'm going to go into it with a smile on my face because now I'm going to embrace. This is what we're going to do together. I'm going to give you an hour of my time. And when we did, you just showered me with um, praises. Mm. Baby, thank you so much. You don't know how much that meant to me. I had so much fun. And of course, he was like, and you were pretty good, even though it was terrible. But you really did, right? And so I could see you making the effort to make me feel good that I play. So I was like, bless him. If he's going to this much effort to thank me to play, clearly it's important enough for him that he wants to encourage that behavior again. Um, And then the same, like, really when we went shopping. Like, you used to hate shopping. And you would do it, but it was always like, I'll be outside on my phone. So it wasn't like we were really engaged. Mm. So now I just felt like I was dragging you along. And then what do I really get out of it if I'm just dragging him along? Really, it's just companionship, but really we're not hanging out. So it's really a selfish thing for me that has nothing to do with you. And you're not enjoying it. And I'm not necessarily giving you the credit. It's kind of like, well, yeah, I I should expect you to come shopping with me. Which is the worst tactic ever, by the way. Don't ever do it like that. So I realized if I could make it a thing where you get to help choose what I wear, I get to wear something sexy for you, get to either whether it's sexy lingerie or, hey, what do you want to see me out in when we go out for a date? Now you're engaged. And then thanking you again. So I think that it just makes a difference making the other person feel like they're um, they're not just being drug along, right? If it's, like you said, a hobby that he doesn't necessarily enjoy or, like, if he doesn't really like looking at photos, like, okay, well, when he's sitting down, what can I do? Like, with you, I know you love backticles. So what I would do is, that's exactly what, right? Mm. Oh, babe, hey, can you just look at this for a second and I'll give you backticles. Yeah. Now you're like, oh, I get backticles? I want more backticles. Right. So does that mean I have to, like, sit down and look at stuff more often? Cool, I'll do that. And it's, it's an agreement. Like, it's kind of just a, like, tit for tat. Like, um, I want to bring value to your life, but I also really want this. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. No, and I mean, look, when you give it a name like tit for tat, it sounds horrible, but... I know. Like, I don't... Yeah, you're making the other person feel good. Right. But I don't mean... No, I know. I, trust me. I'm I know exactly how you mean it. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not trying to shove my wife to the um, far side of the frame here. I wonder if I can move this. Also, maybe sit forward because you seem quite far back. Is that better? 
Um, ah, someone, Bobby Velesco said, I don't think it's only, I think you're referring to something we just said, but different people have different love languages and I should not judge what the value of security or attraction or anything else important, what is important to different people. True. Um, all right. So let's go to a question. Um, this is from Daniel Breeze. What's up, Daniel? Oh boy. Hi, guys. Can you talk about your night routine before bed? We go to bed at 10, but my girlfriend sometimes has to work until 10 since her work schedule fluctuates. My goals demand that I have to go to bed at 10 to get a good night's sleep. I've also had some trouble falling and staying asleep recently, so I wonder if you have any tips for that. Thanks for the 24-hour live. I'm slowly making my way through. <laughs> so how to... Um make the relationship work when they they don't cross over much yeah so like basically what do we do in the evening if you want to go to bed at nine and i'm working until nine so maybe mm. i'm not now getting to bed until ten uh, i mean you oh god you literally have to find time to spend together at some point like a relationship cannot thrive if right. it doesn't have time so whether that's on the weekend you set aside a day you accept you're going to get less sleep like whatever it is um, not having quality time is a death knell to me. Like, there's just no two ways about it. To the point where if our schedules were that messed up, one of us would have to get another gig. Yeah, I'm not sure if Daniel's saying there's that that's no the only time it. that they hang out and that they... Yeah, but let's be really clear. And, dude, nobody loves Daniel Breeze more than I do. Mm. But this is one of those things where if one of you has to get a different job, like, you have to do something. You have to be able to spend time together. And there's... The there was a study on this at one point. If you look at the separation stroke divorce rate for people like where one of them is on swing shift, it is ungodly yeah. because you just don't end up getting the quality time. So this is one of those where you have to like before it's an issue, you've got to know, okay, I know how this plays out. Like everybody thinks that, oh, there's like some simple solution. The only solution is time. You have to have the time together. So if your jobs don't allow for time, know that it will erode the relationship. It will. So it's like doing drugs every day. If you're doing drugs every day, I promise it will diminish your life over time. There's just no two ways about it. So even though in the beginning it seems fine because you're able to strike some sort of balance, you're a functioning alcoholic, like whatever that thing is, like over time it will be a problem. Nobody escapes. So nobody escapes lack of time together in a relationship. Yeah. So there it is. When when you were working full time there before we started Quest, when you were wearing this technologies, I just adapted my schedule to you. So if you were staying up late and right. going, um, which and, is a luxury most people right. won't have. So this is not me saying I don't get it. Right. Like I fully get how brutal it is to find yourself in this situation, and it is not going to be easy. I'm just saying it is damaging to the relationship. Right. So knowing, and I've extrapolated, so maybe they have time and they can spend Saturdays together. Great. Like if you've got a day where you can really bond and connect, then you're absolutely fine. I'm just saying it won't survive the eternal state of not having quality time. Correct. Put that aside, assuming that's not necessarily the case. Like for me, I love going to bed with you together. Mm -hmm. So I always put my head on your chest when we fall asleep every night. Um, and then if we can't, because you're working or because I'm working, eventually that does stack up on me. So we still get our quality times on Saturdays. But to me, resting my head on your chest at night is so important to my like daily function that if I went like more than a week, let's say, I would start to feel it. And so in those sort of situations, I would be very honest and say, babe, we haven't gone to bed together in a while. Like, how do we make that happen? Does that mean I have to go to bed earlier? Does that mean I have to, you stay up for an extra 10 minutes? Um, but we'll figure that out. And sometimes we'll also be very honest. I'm like, I really want to like go to bed together tonight. And you're just like, okay, but the only way that's going to happen is if you're ready and in bed by nine o'clock on the dock. Cause I've got an episode tomorrow. I have to research. I have to be up super early. So, um, so that means that you have to come to bed with me at nine o'clock. Otherwise I can't wait. And so you're just very honest with that as well. And then we'll kind of navigate. So I don't know how possible that is for 
than you're to do mm. like navigating like okay well maybe you give and you take and that sometimes like you guys don't fall, go to bed together and other times you do stay up and you do make that sacrifice because you know if that is the only time you guys will get together that that could be a make or break of your relationship and if you just push it aside now and you just go oh it's just one more night oh it's just one more night it's just one more night as we know like I just at least personally I cannot go too long where I haven't felt that connection with you mm. so be very careful and yeah so I'm really bad at this and I'm the guy I'm talking to like it would become <laughs> legitimately it would become a problem before I realized it yeah and so that is why I speak emphatically because I'm speaking to myself all right so we've got another question um this good strategy by the way I copy and copy paste, and paste it. it yeah because otherwise I lose the feed and it's brilliant. um all right so this one is from Christy Ratcliffe if one of you have a big event coming up that is causing nerves or stress how does the other show their support do you give them space or try to bring them out of their nervousness by focusing on something else so I'll kick it off I guess sure um I think it's to the individual like how I actually want you to help me when I'm feeling stressed with a big event is actually not how you want me to help you. Mm. So I think it's a matter of being brutally honest, like forget about being embarrassed about asking, right? Because there's certain things like I realized for me when we were doing, we were sh I had four episodes of, six episodes of Sheroic to shoe and we had an impact theory shoe and there was so much going on that I was starting to feel stressed. And I remember you being like, are you all right? Like you could just see that I was a bit of a mess. And eventually I was just like, this is what I need. Whether I have a right to need this or not is completely irrelevant. I just need to be brutally honest with you. I want to wake up on a heroic day where I'm doing a heroic episode and I want the kettle board and my coffee waiting. Now I have no right to ask that. You're so busy. But for whatever reason, it is meaningful to me that if I get up and just the kettle's made. Now that to me is helping me with my stress in the way that I need help. It is doing the logistical things in the house. I don't have to think about the puppies. I don't have to think about... Like, if you can just take care of that, that's what I need. And with you, sometimes it's... I just need my space. And you don't really get stressed too often. But, like, if you've got a really busy day, you don't want to be bugged. You don't want me to ask you questions. You don't want me to ask you to make decisions on anything that isn't important. So I won't necessarily ask him what he wants for food. I won't necessarily ask you, hey, do you want to do this this weekend? Like, I won't... I know not to ask you questions because that will just um, add to your plate. And so I think it really is just individually based. Be honest about what you really need from your partner if you're feeling the stress um, and then do it as a team. Yeah, I'll say exactly the same thing just in a different way. Don't judge yourself. So if what you need is petty, um, then be petty, just be honest. Because the problem is the feeling isn't going to go away. Mm -hmm. The thing that you want isn't going to change. You're just not going to say it because you think that it's stupid. Right. Um, and that's where people get themselves into trouble. And I think one of the things that's really served us well is we learned early on to say things like, this is petty, this is insecure, this is whatever, but here, this is what I need. And that's really, really been helpful because you'll still act in accordance with it even if you think it's dumb. And when you know, but he also does that, like it does make you feel better. Like I'll, I'll say what may be petty, but true. And I know that you will too. Like, I think it would be tough if you were like always trying to be like, no, I don't need, like if you're mm. always trying to be perfect and here I am just like, I know it's petty, but please do this. Like it would make me feel, um, it would make it feel one-sided. Sure. But the fact that we can both be very comfortable and we don't judge each other on that pettiness. Like, yep, whatever you need. 100%. And we've also discussed when we're both super stressed, how do we deal with that? Because that happens, right? Where you're both in your own world and you're like, but I need you to do this. And he's like, but I need you to do this. So even in those situations, like how do we handle it? And I'm always a thinker. So like I'll think way ahead of time and I'll be like, oh, in two weeks, babe, I'm doing this and you're doing this. So how do we juggle that? So I think if you can be somewhat prepared and knowing what you've got ahead of time, what may stress you out and what may stress your partner out. That, that is you speaking on your behalf. That is me that speaking is on That is definitely not how I deal yeah. with it. But you don't need to because you have me to do it. Yeah, sort of. So, I mean, to this have is those one discussions. of those discussions. Yeah, but it's important to you to think about it ahead of time. I actually think that um, that is 
at time, like that's your blessing and your curse. Because there's at times where you're living two, three weeks in the future and you're already worried about it because you're trying to think through all the, the eventualities. Whereas I'm using um, Vanessa Van Edwards' language. I'm low conscientiousness, right? So I'm not thinking through all those things. Right. But that also means that I'm not stressing about it. Yeah. So while I'll have very acute moments of stress, I don't pre-stress about anything. Huh. So I'm like, if I have a... The only thing that really stresses me out... Sometimes legal stuff will stress me out. And then uh, if I have like a really big talk or something and there's a lot of travel, that might mildly get to me. But I'll, it'll be like on the day. That's when I'll think about it. So, yeah. Plus, I mean, part of my whole thing is like how much stress can I survive? How many things can I have on my plate at one time? Like I'm trying to push myself right. to be able to deal with more and more of that stuff. So I more want to be left alone and deal with it as it comes. Right. You want to think through it in the beginning. I wouldn't want you to do that with me. I wouldn't want you to be like, well, we need to think about this and this and this. Right. It's like, look, that's what stresses me the fuck out. Like, give me the space. I, I take each thing like one at a time. That is my blessing and my curse, right? So I don't get stressed out, but I also get surprised by things that need to be done and I'm dealing with it at the last second. Yeah. All yeah. right, let's not get lost okay, in yeah, the specifics yeah, yeah, of how yeah, we yeah. are. Like, um, okay. Um, all right, so this question comes from Robert Kulkus. I've not had a relationship for a long while, years. A part of me um, is content with it a bit. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to decipher. Um, with it, but a bigger part of me is wanting a relationship. I recently met someone on a dating site. I don't feel she's, she's interested. I recently went to a strip club and met this girl for the first time and we've talked a lot beforehand on Facebook and now I can't stop thinking about her. I really like her a lot. I am not entirely sure what to say or do. Okay, so just from the outside, here's what I heard. Uh, I'm interested in two women. One is not interested in me and the other is and I'm actually way into her. Now I know there's something I'm supposed to take away from the detail about he met her at a strip club, but I'm not entirely sure what to take away. Um, Obviously, be careful. You said that you spoke on Facebook. When they're on the clock, one of the greatest ways to be good at your job at a strip club would be to be able to um, either legitimately be interested in that moment um, or to feign interest. So as long as you've had communications where they're not on the clock and you still feel that same level of interest. So I, I don't know what I'm taking away from I met her at a strip club, right? So that's clearly, it was important enough detail to bring up, mm. but I'm just not sure like what the my take home is. So I would, if, if both women are of equal interest for you and one happens to be interested in you, that seems like a pretty compelling reason to pursue the one who's interested in you and not the one who is not. Um, that, yep, there it is. Without mm. more details, that's that's the right answer. Yeah, I don't know how much I can add to that. Fair enough. Sorry. Next up. All right, next up. Next question. This from this comes from Kareen Pokosian. I'm sorry, I'm sure I butchered that. Um, how do you guys establish work boundaries? Meaning, if one of you is at, at her or her, his or her own important work event and the other is there to support, how do you create clarity that this event and people you're networking is for your business and to ask your partner not to start working the room and just taking over the floor? Feeling it's very tricky, especially as active businesswomen would appreciate feedback. Well, so that's, um, that's really interesting. So here is my gut instinct. Like if this is your work event, you need your spouse to be there to really support your career. I would just say like ahead of time, hey, look, this is what this time is. This is who's going to be at the party. And there have been times like that with you and I um, where like this is actually pretty funny. So um, for those that wonder if I'm actually introverted or if I just play one on YouTube, um, <laughs> Uh, we so there's a very famous uh, networking organization I guess that's the easiest way to call them um, and they were courting me and you have to go to like these meetings and then they sort of pass judgment on you and the first meeting I went with you <laughs> do pass judgment. And, oh for sure I went with you and this is like after they look in, looked into my net worth and they came to the business all this it was crazy and once I had crossed that hurdle then it was like okay we'll come to this uh, meeting 
and I took you with me and I said, look, this is what this is about. Um, I need you to be your normal, charming self, like, you know, smile, make friends. And at the end of that, they give you feedback. And they were like, oh my God, everybody loves you, this is amazing. And then the next time, because you hated it. So even though you're really good in those situations, you like basically said, please don't make me go again, like if I don't need to. And so I said- I was gonna say, I would have come if you- 100%, you're always very supportive. So the second time it was, okay, well, if you didn't have fun, you know, don't bother, it's fine, I'll go. And I went by myself, and I remember thinking midway through, I'm not gonna get very good reviews this time because I've been so like off to myself. And of course, after the second one, they were like, yeah, like there wasn't quite the response. And someone had to petition on my behalf to get me to get a third meeting because it's supposed to be like, well, if the first one goes well, then of course the second one will go well as well, but you do it. And I didn't because I was way too um, introverted. Somebody petitioned on my behalf and was like, no, 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 you really need to give this guy uh, another chance. And I thought, the truth is, you guys responded to my wife. <laughs> and so I, I said, look, I know what's going to happen. If I take my wife, you guys will all say, yes, come in. And if I don't take my wife, you're all going to be like, well, he's introverted. Right. So I thought, yeah. And, and I just bowed out uh, because that whole thing, while I think it's very powerful, I recognize it as powerful. It does not speak to my desires. And so I backed out. But okay. that, so that was an example of, I told you exactly what I needed. You rolled up, you did exactly what I needed. And so, yeah, clear, this is what I need. And then if the person can deliver, and then there are other times where if the other person is just naturally good at working room and it happens to be beneficial for them as well, right. then unless what they're doing is gonna somehow detract, I would say, you know, let them do their thing. Because that seems like from the question, that's what's happening, is detracting from her and what her purpose of being there yeah, then I would just say you go into it and the other person in a you know supportive relationship, the other person should, whenever it makes sense, yeah. be able to not do something that is distracting to say, okay, what does the home team need to win? Right. And then you deliver. And the way you approach it, right? Because if she approaches her boyfriend, let's say it's it's the female that's saying mm -hmm. to the boyfriend or husband, like, hey, you're stealing my thunder. Right. Um, you can go at it from like an attacking purpose. Like, I can't believe you just went in and you did all this. And like, I was over there left in the corner by myself and I didn't get to network and I actually bore you for me, right? They're going to shut down. They're not going to hear a word you say. You're going to have the same problem again. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go, oh my God, you were so amazing. You networked, you did the room amazingly. But you know, what like I actually felt like I didn't get to accomplish what I needed to from this meeting or from this business event so that next time hey we're going to this dinner it would I would so appreciate it if you can help me get to this goal like if we go in as a team this is the mission like you kind of make it a game maybe or just like this is what I need help with. You're so amazing at this. Like, you're great at networking. I really need to stand out in this. A, can you give me tips and advice? And then B, how do we do it together and work the room together that you can help empower me and I can, you know, shine in this um, arena? And then if and when they do, you go at the end, thank them and be part of like, oh my God, yes, we nailed it. We went in. Oh my God, you were amazing when you said this. And then I riffed off this and then we did this mm. together. Like, Feeling like you can, you're going in it together versus he's just tagging along and he has to stay numb and silent. Maybe that's another reason why, like that person wants to be, like if they're good at networking, they want to be out there. So if you can have that as a tool in your belt and you can really like go in there and kill it together as a team, I think now you both feel empowered and you both have the same mission to accomplish in that. No question. And then to all the people out there that would be in that secondary role, I will say learn to be a good wingman. Like there's nothing more amazing than someone you can count on to be your wingman. Getting good at that, letting somebody else shine, that's like, that's a real thing for me. Like I could never be with somebody that didn't know how to be a wingman. Um, hmm. where you actively want that person to shine 100%. And that's something that I've really tried to work on with myself is like, you know my whole thing. So I tell the team always, get me in the room. Now that's like super selfish. Get me in the room and I'm gonna fucking close. But there are times I'll say to somebody else, like get me in the room for your sake and I'll close, right? Whether that's um, you wanna be a part of, uh, like the funny thing is, if, if I was being a wingman for somebody to get them into an organization, I would shine.
I would fucking rock it. I would be extroverted. I would be super bubbly, but it would be all about that person, right? So, oh, how did you get? Oh, I mean, I'm here with, you know, so and so. And, oh man, they're, look, I'm going to do a horrific uh, impression of me doing that. But when you're being a wingman to subtly bring things up, to bring things back around to that person, if they said something like, oh, wow, XYZ is impressive. Yeah, you know, either I learned that from that person or you should see them do it or whatever. Like finding really subtle ways yeah. to bring it back around to the other person to let them shine like as a friend as a significant other that is critical it's not something i ever would have put my finger on but it's being supportive brought into the real world like finding ways to really help the other person shine i love being your wingman oh and you're amazing at it but yeah helping because i think then you see the results and you feel like yeah i was part of that like because here's the thing you can take care of yourself you could go to a room and win anyone over but I like to think that sometimes I can bring a little like extra on top, but it makes me feel good that right. I've brought that value to the table, but it's still for you. So wanting good things. 100%. All right. Oh, wow, we've, has it really been an hour already? No. Yeah. Oh, oh right. we're One late. One more question. Oh, you've got to leave. Okay, so no more one I have to leave. Question. Aren't you coming? Yeah, I'm coming later though. You oh, said you're going early. I'm me. not coming early. What was all this wingman talk? Like, peace, homie. You got to get to work. Get out there. That's hilarious. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. Oh, I'm so sad that we haven't been able to spend more just like time in the comments. Um, one thing that I, oh, I'm saying this out loud to encourage myself to do it, I guess. Uh, I want to spend more time doing like impromptu lives, especially over on IG, which I neglect routinely. Um, thank you all for anybody that's on here that was a part of the 24 hour live. Thank you guys. That was an unbelievable experience. Uh, and if you haven't checked it out, check it out. <gasps> Corin Davis, I know you were there for at least part of it. So, uh, awesome to see you guys. Okay, got a jam. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now. Building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.